Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners. And you think you have trouble. Against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. I want to talk to you just for a little while this morning about the power of focus. The power of focus. And as we enter into this new year, the Word of God in Hebrews 11, the uh, uh, book before us, lists the heroes of faith. And here in verse 12, uh, in chapter 12, he tells us that our Christian life, he compares it to a race. Tell somebody, I'm running. This is a simple message this morning, but a reminder, and God dealt with me all week concerning this. Have you ever wondered if anyone else is experiencing the same trials that I'm going through? Anyone else ever have to live with somebody like this? Anyone else ever have the pains and the aches of them rightest brothers, Arthur, Burr, all them Burr, all them brothers, and the pain and and the stuff we have to deal with at work and with our companions and with our children and with finances and with living in this valley. Does anyone else ever have to deal with this kind of stuff and troubles that are going on? Or am I the only one? And the answer is yes. And Hebrews 11 records men and women who had to fight and struggle as they waited on answers to their prayers. Anybody in the good fight? Sometimes it's a struggle sometimes. And nearly all of the heroes of faith that are listed in the prior chapter went through some kind of challenge, some kind of difficulty, some kind of mountain or valley before they saw the answers to their prayers. So we're not alone in this walk of faith. There are other folks that are struggling just like us. And each year we run another leg of the journey. And we just finished one leg and passed the baton to 2024 and we're ready to run another leg. And we all want to finish well. We all want to win the race that is set before us. And these verses in chapter 12 encourage us to persevere uh, with patience. And as we approach this race, we got to be patient. Because this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Tell somebody, we're going to be at this for a minute. So the first part of verse 1 says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud 
of witness. That, that word surrounded means we are completely encircled. Heroes of faith that have gone on before, they're all around us. They're in front of us, and they are cheering us on, I believe. So we're not alone. They've been through the same ups and downs, the same mountains and valleys, and they found God to be faithful through it all. And the heroes of faith, all these folks had flaws, just like you and just like me. They had failures and stumblings just like you and just like me. They struggled just like you and me. And yet they're all listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith. In their testimonies of God's faithfulness. They were the kind of never give up people. Are you a never give up kind of person? I ain't going to never give up. Since I, I, I started this, I might as well go on and run to the end. You know, there's that old song that says, I believe I'll run on and see what the end is going to be. And I believe they're rooting for us, that they are cheering for us as witnesses. Not only are they testimonies to us, they're cheering us of God's faithfulness and cheering us on so that we can finish what God has called us to be today. But you just got to keep on running. Tell somebody, this is a marathon. And I've been at it for a minute. Bible says in Matthew, he that endures to the end. That's the one that's going to be saved. Not who starts the race. Not who breaks out of the blocks fastest. But he who endures to the end. And we have some running still to do. But he says that as we begin this race, we got to get dressed for this race. Just me. We, we got to get dressed and we have to declutter our lives. He says, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. You got to be dressed for the race. You don't see nobody in the Olympics that got an overcoat on, trying to run. They, they, they get the tiniest shorts and the... the, the <laughs> The most lightweight shoes, and, and you don't see nobody with a cigarette in their mouth. They're they, they laying aside. They ain't got no paperwork, no, no books tucked in to their shorts or anything. That they, they are dressed possible. No extra stuff. And so he says, let go of those weights, the, those things that hinder us that pull drag on us, that make us slow down, that, that distract us. He says, get rid of all those weights. And, and as we begin 2024, there's some stuff we need to shake off. There's some stuff we need to just drop. Some stuff that we need to get rid of. Weights, things that weigh us down. And the sins. That's those bad choices and, and those uh, mistakes that drag us down. Got to get rid of those things. Past mistakes, unforgiveness, unhealthy fears, negativity, doubts, focused on the past, unhealthy relationships. Sometimes you got to let go. It's unhealthy. I know y'all be mad at me, but <laughs> pastor be back next week. 
Because the problem is, running the race, those things drain us. And that's maybe why we're so tired all the time. We, we, we just be tired. Anybody tired? Wake up in the morning, got a good eight hours sleep, had a good dinner last night, went to sleep on the movie, the television watched you all night. You stretched and yawned, and, and when you swing your legs over the side of the bed to get up, you say, I'm tired. That's because we run with so much stuff. Stuff that God tells us, get rid of the weights. Get rid of those things that, that so easily beset us. Get rid of the sins in our lives. Fear. Unforgiveness. Focusing on the past all the time. See, we got to remember, deliverance is available if that's our issue today. He has promised to, to, to provide whatever we need to win the race. We can get it from him. And if we're having trouble laying aside those weights and sins, he'll help us to lay aside those weights and sins. But we got to keep remembering, no matter how hard it gets, this is a marathon. Even if I stumble for a minute, even if I, 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 I pull back for a minute, this is a marathon. i got to get back in this race. And when you get back in your race, stay in your lane. See, that's how often we get disqualified. We, we, we out of the lane. You ever been driving at night, you get sleepy, and, and, and that's why they got them little bumps on the freeway. You know, it wakes us up. And, and while we're running this race, when we feel them bumps, mm, let me stay in my lane. Stay out of other folks' business. Stay out of other folks' stuff. Don't be worried about what kind of car they drive and who's dating who. That's why I don't watch reality shows. I'm not mad at you if you do. I got enough business of my own. Because they got just too much business on them shows. It's just too much. All my daughters, I got, I got three daughters and four granddaughters, and they all, they, did, did, did you see who? I said, who? Was it somebody at the church? No, the girl on t What? <laughs> and so, it's just uh, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You, you, you won't pick up stuff so bad. But tell somebody you got to keep on running. No matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, you got to keep on running. So, the first, the second thing, we, we got to declutter our lives. Get rid of some stuff. Check your pockets. <laughs> no, get, get rid of some stuff. My kids used to say, uh, when we get in their business, say, you all in my purse, looking at my pictures and things, <laughs> chewing my gum and all that stuff. You know? Well, some of that stuff need to come out. Who picture is this? <laughs> Got to declutter. Declutter our lives. But then, this is the power of focus. Verse 2 says, looking to Jesus. We got to get our eyes fixed on him. To focus means where we direct our attention. What has my attention today? 
Is it the rain? Is it the problems? Is it my bills? Is it my, my, my pain in my body? Is it, is it the difficulty I'm facing? What has my attention? And the Bible says, let me tell you where you put your attention. Looking to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Where you focus shapes your journey. It's going to mold and shape the journey that you're running wherever you're focused in your life. And it's not always an easy thing. See, the Word of God never tells us to focus on our past. It never tells us to focus on our problems. It doesn't tell us to, to, to try to figure out how this thing is going to work out. It doesn't say to look back on your past with regrets and all your failures and Concentrate and focus on them. It tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Come on, you do. some of us need to refocus our attention. It's, it's been rough. It's already the 14th and, and we ain't ran or been to the gym yet. We ain't had a salad yet. And this year I'm on salads and, and stuff. I'm going to do intermittent fasting. <laughs> yeah, but I got hungry around 2 o'clock, you know. It's that kind of thing, you know. Focus, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because we're not told to pray looking at our mountains. We're told to pray looking at the one who moves mountains. That's where my folks, yeah, I got mountains, but, but I'm looking at the one who's a mountain mover. And that's where our focus should be. That's where it could save to the God that moves them. We're not to focus on our past. I did a little research on my little car I have out there, and my windshield is 1,700 inches or more, a little bit more, 1,700 inches. And my rearview mirror is 18 inches. Which tells me I ought to spend 96% of my time looking to Jesus and looking to the future and where he is taking me. And about 4% of my time just looking in the mirror, see what lesson I learned and, and, and moving forward. Because when we focus on him, he gives us insight to what we are becoming. We're becoming more and more like him. And the more we gaze at him, the more we take on his features, the more we take on his attitude, the more we take on his peace, the more we take on his graciousness. In this race, we've got to have a laser. Because when there's a laser, that's power. It has a penetration. Lasers can penetrate steel if you, you, you focus that laser light. When light is scattered, well, we, we can see a few things. But when you laser in, that's where the power is. And he wants us to have a laser focus on Jesus. Looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus. There are so many distractions. But he calls us to stay Focused. He says, looking to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, but I want you to know he's the God of the in-between. 
And he's also the God of right now. He not only started this thing, and he's, he's not only going to enable us to finish this race, but I need him right here along the way in my journey. And so if I keep my eyes on him and, and not on those issues and the pains and the aches and the hurts and the folks who, who are distracting in my life, I'll get a little further. See, we're not just to focus on doctrine and theology. Because let me tell you, the truth is a person. Jesus. And yes, doctrine is important. Theology is important. All those things are important. But the bottom line truth is Jesus. So in this race, we got to understand, it's, it's, it's not about jumping through all the right hoops. It's relational. I got to have a relationship with him. We're we, 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 we hanging out. We, we, we're running together. He, he's the pace setter for this race. He, he tells me when I have a curve coming up and, and when I need to slow down a little bit because of weather. He, he tells me when I need to speed up. He tells me when I'm off course because he's the only one that completed the race successfully. He didn't have any falls and stumbles and, and what have you. And I know that's not my testimony. But he sets the pace for us. The truth is a person. And this race is not about theology and doctrine and books and all of those things. Though they make us stronger and they help us and they feed us, it's relational. Without the relationship with Jesus Christ and without that relational race, we'll get caught on a tangent. And we become the kind of Christians that are known for what you can't do than what God, what God is doing in this relationship and how he found me. I love that saying sung all about the titles of Jesus because he, he's, he's been my savior. He saved me from a life that was going absolutely nowhere. He's my deliverer. Over 52 years ago, he delivered me from drugs and alcohol and, and a very ugly lifestyle. Just delivered me. He's my healer. Four and a half years, I struggled in and out of hospitals and with surgeries and procedures and changing of tubes and this and that. But he healed me and he kept me and he brought me through. And he's a provider. He's a provider. Running for 52 years from nothing. He's provided every single day. I don't know if that's your testimony. We never had our lights turned off. We never had our water turned off. We never missed a meal. I raised them four kids, and we never missed uh, uh, having clothes for them. I'm telling you, stuff would just show up at the door. Somebody ring the door, there's groceries at the door. People have given me three cars in my life. Just drove up and said, the Lord told me to give this to you. Thank you. And God has just showed up time and time and time again. So I know him as a provider. It's all about the relationship. And as we look to him, he becomes everything that we need. 
He's more than just a savior. When, when, when I needed a deliverer, he set me free. When I needed a healer, he was a great physician. When I needed a provider, he was my dad. He's been everything along the way, and I've had an opportunity to experience all those things that were up there that we sang about this morning. I, that's my experience. I got to experience. I got to know him like that. And he's not done yet. There's still more revelation he has to unfold along this race. I started it 52 years ago. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's hard sometimes to stay focused. Hard to stay focused sometimes because there are so much things, so many things going on in our lives. But if we want to make progress in this race, if we want to continue in the manner that God has given to us, we got to rearrange our attention, focus on him, and, and fight not to let anything get his eyes off you because folks will work your nerves. My friend told me years ago, he said, man, church people are the best, worst folk in town. <laughs> I don't want to be without them, but sometimes it's tough to be with them. You know, but people can work a nerve. <laughs> they can just work it. Stay focused. I got to remember why I'm in this race and, and whom I'm following. And then there is always joy and pain in this race. Joy and pain. Somebody sung about it, sunshine and rain. <laughs> I ain't going to talk about that part. He says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him while you're looking to him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Lest you become weary and you become discouraged. He endured hard times and challenges even though sometimes they were filled with pain and with suffering. See, hardship is a part of God's program, so you might as well understand that. There's going to be some hardship in our life. It, it grows us up and helps us uh, to prepare for success in this race. But you're going to have hardship. And the only way to learn how to endure and to learn endurance is to endure. You know, they used to say, if you pray, you'll stay. If you fast, you'll last. He who hangs to the end shall be saved. I said, is that in the Bible? They said, yeah. It's there. I don't know where, but it's in there. <laughs> See, hard times, he knows, will do some things for you. Sometimes hard times will make you tougher. We're too soft in some areas. People get their feelings hurt too easy. You got, got the feelings right here on his sleeve. And all, you know, so, so sometimes hard times make you tougher. Make you toughen up a little bit. 
hate when folk don't say like you want to say, and they don't say thank you. You know, we talk about we servants and slaves of the Lord. You know the test of slaveship and servanthood is when folk treat you like one. You can't say thank you. you know, we, we, we get we're too easily hurt, and then we withdraw, or else we blow up. And now we're all off the course in the race. So hard times can make you tougher. But hard times can also make you more tender. Because some folks is too hard. Y'all too rough. What you looking at? I don't know who you think. We grabbing it. I don't know who you think you are. My grandkids are famous for that. I said, what you grabbing at? We too hard. We don't like nobody. We judge everybody. The folk don't line up with what we line up. And, and so time, hard times will make you tender because it will put you in the same position. Now you're a little more tender. And the third thing hard times will do for you, it'll teach you something. Every time we go through a hard time or a difficult place or a trouble, we ought to learn something. Because when you look back, the wilderness is designed to prepare us for the promised land. That's why they had to go through the wilderness. It was preparation for the promised land. And we don't like pain. But we can't become vessels of God's grace without it. How can I identify with you if I haven't been through anything? How can I understand and sympathize and be empathetic with you if I haven't been through some things? It helps us to become more gracious. And what we used to judge people for and when we used to cut people off just like that and we used to just say this and that, now we've got a whole lot more grace. And it widens our grace because we've been through something ourselves. Never, ever give up on what you know about God because of what you don't know about your present circumstance or situation. I know my Redeemer lives. I'll stand with him on the last day. I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I committed to him against that day. I know that all things work together. I'm in a tough place for the good to them that love God and who are called according to his purposes. There are some things that I know. And it's hard. I fought hard in the hospital to stay focused. It was, I fought hard. Pain, loneliness, darkness, Difficulty. The enemy whispers, this is it for the rest of your life. You ain't never coming out of this. <laughs> you might as well learn it. The doctor even came and said, this is your new norm. This is the new normal for the rest of your life. And for four and a half years, son, had that stomach tube in there feeding 11 hours a day. You know, wanting to bite some food. You know, wanting to eat something. But I couldn't. And it was hard. I can't say I made it every day, 
But it's hard to stay focused sometimes. But I fought hard to stay focused. And as I focused, slowly, he brought me out. And I'm here today eating pretty much what I want to eat. But that was four and a half years. Looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus. What, what, what? Looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus. Readjusting my focus. That's the power of focus. He's the answer. And so that's why we got to keep our eyes on him. It says, he says here, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. That's the joy that's set before us. His right hand speaks of his presence, and his throne speaks of his power. And that's the joy we experience in his presence. We experience who he is, his power, his power to love us, his power to be gracious, his power to be merciful, his power. And he knew that joy was set before him, and that's why we are looking to Jesus. That's why we're focused on him for the joy And it's not only when we get over on the other side. When you stay focused and you endure, you experience joy right here. There's sometimes I'm so happy I want to slap myself. And there's times when I say, Lord, when you coming? I said that to a friend one time. I said, man, I'll be glad when the Lord gets here. He said, you don't have to come get everybody to get you. Oh, no, hold up. (laughs) Come on, let's pump the brakes here. (laughs) Like the little boy was in the kindergarten class. He said, how many of y'all want to go to heaven? And all the kids raised their hands. I do, I do, I do. One little boy said, say, Jimmy, you don't want to go to heaven? He said, I want to go to heaven, but I thought you was getting up a load for now. (laughs) Yeah, I want Jesus to come back, but I don't want him just to come back for me. I'm looking for, you know, when we all go up and we all wave and howdy, howdy to everybody. So, it's time. There's sunshine and rain and joy and pain, but we can count on him. He's a very present help in a time of trouble. Just time like this, I, I wish I could say. Because there's a song I don't know if y'all used to sing it, uh, that says, I have a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. I have a message, my friend, for you. Y'all know that song? I have a me- it's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. Jesus said it, and I know it's true. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. All you got to do is look and live. Look and live, my brother, live. It's only that you look and live. I have a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. It is only that you look and live. Listen, y'all don't know that song? Man, that's a get down. I have a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. I have a message for the Lord, my friend. I have a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. I have a message for the Lord, 
my friend. Look and live, my brother live. Get on this look and live. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. It is only that you look and live. Oh, we used to get down on that. See, y'all don't know, but that was a choir marching song. I'm a you know, y'all never marched in on that? I know they don't march in no more, you know. Just march in on that. Only that you look and live. And if we want to live, the Bible says looking to Jesus. He started this thing. He's the finisher of this thing. And he's the God all the way through. And I was wondering this morning, are there some folks here this morning that need to focus, refocus? They need to move their attention back from heartache that you've experienced, trouble that you're in, a problem that you can't solve, a difficulty that you can't work out. And I wanted to pray for you this morning. So if you're going through something and you need to make that adjustment so he can be healer, he can be provider, he can be saver, he can be the way maker, he can be the, I just want you to stand where you are. And, and, and I'm just going to breathe a word of prayer. I don't know what it is. Don't need to know what it is. He knows. But every now and then, I got to check myself. You know what the kids say? You better check yourself before you. And every now and then, I got to check. Where is my attention? What has my attention? Where am I focused? What am I concentrating on? And if it's not Jesus, I'm making adjustments. I can go find it any place in the Word of God. I can go to Psalms and get a verse. I can go to the New Testament. I can go anywhere. But it reminds me, oh, man, I, okay, I'm, it's going to be all right, just like the song said. It's going to be all right because I've got him in my view. I'm locked in on you, Lord. I'm focused on you. Jesus, when we pray, Jesus ought to have our full attention. You've got it, Lord. Here I am. 